Good morning, New Prosperity. Good afternoon. Welcome in. Time for word of the go. Take off this week and today. It's gonna get better. When you come in, throw up some heart. Come on. This Wednesday is where you need that refueling. Because God is in control. Come on, get your spirit right. You on your break? Come on, praise him on your break. Come on, push forward. Share this with somebody. Because there is a word from the Lord. It's a good one, too. <laughs> Say yourself. Encourage yourself. <laughs> Come on, I know you feel that one. Praise them in advance for the breakthrough. <laughs> Come on, share this with your friends and neighbors. Come on. Make them wonder what you're listening to. Better. Whoa. Uh, take it up now. Confuse the enemy with your elevation. Amen.
And I want to welcome all of you that are a part of the village, as well as those that are associated with the village. As you come in, prepare yourself for this word that God has for each and every one of us. Because it starts with me before I can give it to you. Amen. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice, those that are listening live and those that will come back in the playback. Lord, give them a playback blessing. Give them the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that you have sent forth today in your word. God, I ask that we have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and feet to move in what thus saith the Lord. All these things I ask in your son Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Listen, it's Women's Month. Amen. And so God has allowed and given God, our pastor, the vision to allow me to bring today's word on the go. I want to invite all of you on behalf of New Prosperity this Sunday to our Women's Day. Amen. Not only is it the Women's Day, it's also a trial sermon. And so come and support this wonderful woman of God minister and training Slater as she bring forth the word. Amen. The colors are purple and white because we are royal. Amen. So let us come together. Now let's get into today's word on the go. Now because it's Women's Month, we need to deal with some women's issues. Amen. <laughs> the issues that we go through as women, there are certain things throughout our lives where we transitions from little girls to grown women. And I was recently having a discussion with a pastor and we were sharpening each other's iron, but what we did was pose some questions to each other. And one of the questions that this particular pastor asked me was, are you ready to get married? And immediately I was like, yes, yes I am. And he was like, what makes you think that you are ready. And I told him, I'm just tired of dating. And he was like, well, that doesn't mean that you're ready. There are certain criteria for that transition from Miss Independent to being a kept woman. And so it bothered me for the last three weeks. Like, am I really ready to get married? And so I posed the question to all of us. Are you ready? to get married. Last week, pastor told us how Jesus teaches us through parables. So I searched the scripture and I landed on a parable. Turn, if you will, to Matthew 25. This is the parable of the 10 versions. And the question on the floor is, are you ready to be married? Because certain people say that they're ready but when it comes time, they are not. So we're going to look at it. Is the bride of Christ ready for the bridegroom to return? Are you ready to get married? All right, let's look at Matthew 25 and 1. Jesus is talking. That's important. The bridegroom is talking right now. And he's speaking with the disciples and telling them another parable. This is the parable of the 10 virgins. We're going to call this ready or not, here he comes. First of all, in verse 1, 
Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Verse 2, and five of them were wise and five were foolish. Let's look at these points. I got to get them out the way. Are you ready for the right one? Point number one, you need the right mindset. Point number two, you need the right equipment. Point number three, you need the right place and position. And the last one, it must be the right time. Now let's look back at these virgins. Criteria number one, it tells us that they are virgins, meaning that they are pure. Is the church pure? Is the church pure? Purity, sanctification. In order for the bride to prepare yourself for the bridegroom, you must sanctify yourself in purity. You must set yourself apart from the world. We are not of the world. We are of the kingdom of God. So therefore, we should not act as the world. We should not represent like the world. We must reflect our bridegroom. Because remember, in a marriage, it's the two become one. Are you ready to be one with God? Verse number two, it gives us a distinction. It says five of them were wise. And then the other five were foolish. First of all, the number 10 means testimony. It also means law and responsibility. As the bride of Christ, we have a responsibility to our bridegroom. If you've ever been engaged before, you would like to represent your fiance. You need to act like you're already married, even before the time. So the, the wise, in this text, wise means intelligent. Mm. <laughs> and in foolishness, it means stubborn and hard-headed. We don't want to be that type of bride to Christ. We don't want to be foolish. We don't want to be hard-headed. We don't want to be stubborn and stuck in our ways. If we believe that God will do a new thing, then we have to adjust when he does a new thing. Are we the wise or are we the foolish? That's criteria number one. You have to know where your mind is. If you are wise, I thank God for your wisdom. It is your responsibility as the wise bride to help those who are foolish. Amen. Next, let's deal with that question. Are you wise or are you foolish? Are you using the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that God has given you to help the kingdom? Listen, it was 10 of them that showed up, but only five. Five is the number of grace. But listen, five were wise and five were foolish. There are some foolish saints who are living under grace. You could be foolish and covered in grace. You could be stubborn and covered in grace. It's not because of us, but it is because of God. Question on the flow. Are you a wise bride or are you foolish? Listen, let's read on. It's been dealing with me. Listen, 
I had to talk to the disciples this morning, early this morning, and let them know this scripture was chastising me. It was convicting me. Because on our best days, we are the wise bride. But on our worst days, when we want to be in our flesh, when we use our free will for whatever is not of God, then we are foolish. But thank God that all my good days outweigh my bad days. Let's look again. Okay, let's deal with the right equipment. Verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Verse number four, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Listen, what use is it to be a bride of Christ, to be the church, to be a willing and open vessel, but you ain't got no oil? Have you ever been to a church that has no oil? I mean, it has no power. It has no love. It has no joy. There is no exegesis of excellence. What use is the church if you ain't got no oil? The oil is significance. It is eleon. The oil is significance. It fuels the lamps. It's one thing to be an open vessel. But it's a whole nother level to be prepared. The church needs their oil. Let's look at the oil. The oil, number one, it fuels the lamps. Number two, the oil heals the sick. Listen, when it comes to the oil, when it comes to the church, when it comes to being the bride of Christ, this is not just a young woman's game. This is for everyone who calls themselves a believer, whether young or old. Listen, it's conviction in whether or not you are a wise bride or whether or not you are foolish. Look at the conviction of the elders. It says, it's, the oil will heal the sick. Let's look at Mark 6 and 13. Let's go to it. The book of Mark. Sixth chapter and the 13th verse. It says, And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. You can cast out, but if you haven't put the oil on it, they can come back in. There is power in the oil. Let's look at James 5 and 14. You got to flow with me on today. Because there's a word. Uh, God wants his bride to be prepared. Uh, that's James 5 and 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of God. Do the elders have the oil? Do the young people have the oil? Are you a church that's open and willing, but you ain't got no oil? Where is your oil? Did you bring it to the table? Did you bring it to the appointed time? God is asking, is his bride ready for him for when he returns? Listen, the oil is also used 
for the anointing. How many people have the oil letting it flow? You have to not be afraid of your oil. You can't be afraid of your anointing. Because what the enemy does is try to use the guilt of your sin to convict you to stop you from accepting your call. Listen, the way that you get over the guilt of your sin is through repentance. It is through repentance where because you sin, remember the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Listen, the way that you get through the guilt is you have to repent. Repentance is a changed heart, a changed mind, and changed action. Let's look at the book of Jonah, the place that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he had a message from the Lord to tell them, if you keep on acting up, keep going down the same path, you will end up just like Sodom and Gomorrah. When the prophet went out and proclaimed the word of God, the people were convicted and there was a citywide repentance. What could change in the world if not only the church repented, but the city repented, that the city officials repented, that the government repented? The things that we know we've sinned in, you got to repent for. The things that you don't know that you did because of lack of knowledge, because we are foolish, you must repent. Listen, repentance changed God's mind when he saw that they repented. When he saw they covered themselves in sackcloth and ashes, he looked upon that sinful city and he had mercy unto them. He realized that they were still his kids. Even though we act out, can we show God we still his kids? Even though we don't speak the things as though they were and we cuss people out, can we still show God that we his kids? Listen, after he seen it, he changed his mind. How many people want God to change his mind? How many people want God to change his will? All you need to do is surrender and submit and repent for what we have done. Take this time right now, say, Lord, I repent for every word, thought, and deed. Things that I've done, known and unknown. Lord, please forgive me because we need God to change his mind. Amen. Listen. I told you, this scripture was dealing with me. We had to not be afraid of the oil. Get that guilt and sin off of you and answer the call. Get ready for Christ to return. Because here's the thing, we get you to the cross. We get you to the death, burial, and resurrection. But let it be known, I got to sound the alarm that he is Coming back again, the question on the floor, are you ready to get married? Oh, my God, forget that movie, Why Did I Get Married? Because some of us, I feel like Jesus like, why did I get married? They don't listen to what I say, why did I get married? They don't do the things I tell them to do, why did I get married? They don't pay me in praise, they don't pay me in prayer, why did I get married? Listen, Lord, forgive us. I don't want you to ask why you married the church. I just came to get y'all prepared for the marriage. Okay, so now that we know about the oil, it's one thing to be an empty vessel, willing to work for God. 
is another thing coming prepared to work. You got to bring your oil. Many pastors around the world can tell when there's an empty vessel with no oil. When you come together, you should already have your oil. See, it says that they brought their oil. They didn't wait. They didn't ask. They brought it. They came prepared. When you enter into the sanctuary, come prepared. Be prepared to praise him. Be prepared to thank him. Be prepared. You got to bring your oil. Listen, so many men, when you out here dating, you asking these women, what you bring to the table? I got a counter question for you. Do you know the one that made the table? And did you bring your oil? Did you bring your oil to the sanctuary? Did you bring your oil to choir rehearsal? Did you bring your oil to the business meeting? Because, you know, the enemy always messing with God's business. Is the church ready? See, in the world, they tell us that we have to wait for the bride to enter. But in the word of God, it says that we are waiting for the bridegroom to enter. I need to know, did you bring your oil to world on go? If you brought your oil, somebody say, I got my oil. Because it's that oil that'll make you slick when the enemy try to grab hold of you. How much oil do I need that the enemy can't hold me? How much oil do you need that your situation can't keep you bound? How much oil do you need that you can trust in the Lord with all thine heart? And lean not unto thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. He'll direct your path to the altar. He'll direct your path to your war room. He'll direct your path of your business. But you got to trust him and bring your oil. All right, listen, we all slick now. <laughs> we got our oil. If you brought your oil, I thank God for you who came prepared and brought your oil. Let's deal with this next thing. After they bring the oil. We're in verse <laughs> number five. Hmm. It says, while the bridegroom tarried, <laughs> they all slumbered and slept. Let me speak to the wise first. Because it's two different brides that are being prepared. I got to speak to the wise, and then I got to speak to the foolish. For the wise, I thank you for bringing your oil. But even as a wise, willing vessel overflowing with the oil, you have to know when to take a break. You got to know when to rest. You got to know that as you prepare and you do all this training spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, you have to know when to let your body recuperate. See, many people work out like crazy, but there's a recovery that you need to have. When you dig deep and you get that one workout in, you have to allow your muscles to recover. Because if you try to work out again and you've already extended your muscle, you will have muscle failure. How many of us in the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ, have been doing so much for Christ that we're in muscle atrophy? We're muscle failure. There has to be a balance. Amen. <laughs> Listen, bride, don't turn into a bridezilla. Don't turn into 
so high-minded that you're no earthly good. There has to be a balance. You have to be able to be him in the sanctuary and be him in the streets without compromising who we are. We are the bride of Christ. And God says, get ready. So here, he tarries. In the Greek, it's chronizo. Okay, chronizo. He tarries. What that means is he delays and he lingers. What do you do during the lingering of the Lord? <laughs> like, how do you prepare? How do you wait? How are you waiting as God does what he said? He said he going to come back. He said he going to make a way. He said that he would do it. He said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But he's lingering. He ain't showed up yet. I hold he was on time, but I'm still waiting. What do you do? During the lingering of the Lord. Listen, they will sleep. See, now there's a difference when the wise are sleeping. Because you came with your vessel, your oil, and you were prepared. You cannot afford to sleep as an unprepared bride. You ain't got no oil. You, what you tied for? You ain't put in the work. You ain't planned the engagement. You ain't invited nobody, sent out no RSVPs, and you didn't bring no oil. There's a difference when the prepared sleep and when the sleepers sleep. Which bride are you? If you are foolish, God says, get this wisdom so you can become wise. You cannot sleep if you have not prepared. You cannot sleep if you have not studied. You cannot sleep if you have not prayed. You cannot sleep if you have not fasted. You cannot sleep if you ain't walking in your purpose. Listen, there's a difference when the wise sleep and when the foolish ones sleep. If you sleep today, it's time to wake up. All right, we in verse number six. So after Christ is lingering, you know, he on CP time, Christ's prophetic time, and he lingers on. Then the Bible says in verse number six, and at midnight there was a cry made, behold the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Here's another criteria of if you ready. You have to have ears to hear and follow instructions. Last week, Pastor told us that's the difference between the multitude and the ministry. That's the difference between a believer and a disciple. Disciples hear and have action. You have to move. Listen to the word of the Lord. There will come a time where there's no social media. You have to already have your connection built to your real power source. Because God's going to download a word only for his bride. And we don't have to meet at an appointed place and appointed time. Listen, wise. Tell the foolish. Listen, foolish. It's time to be wise. There will be a time when the, the sound comes. It's too late after that. When the trumpet sound, you can't get ready. When the trumpet sound and they caught up in the air, it's too late. You can't wait for the alarm. I'm already sounding it before the real one comes. Listen, it says, 
at midnight. <clears throat> it's something about that midnight hour. Did you know that the master moves at midnight? Uh, he can still make a miracle in the midnight. That's why me and the disciples, we have midnight miracles. Because God still moves in the midnight. I can prove it to you. Did you know that in Exodus 12 and 29, it was at midnight that God sent that last plague. It was at midnight that the death angels came through the city of Egypt and snatched up all the firstborns who were not covered by the blood of the lamb. Listen, some of us in midnight right now, God said, I done covered you with the blood of the lamb. I have covered you like I covered my firstborn. But you got to hear the alarm and follow instructions. Every exegesis of this pulpit, hear the word. Don't just holler about it, but hear and listen to what God is saying. If you have to play it on the playback, baby, you better play it back. Because there is a word for God just for you. It's too late when the alarm sounds. Here today, choose ye this yet, who you will serve. So the alarm sounds and, and midnight comes. Also in midnight, in the book of Judges, Samson ripped the doors off the city and took them up on a hill. He was proving a point in the name of God at midnight. Who got to prove a point to the enemy at midnight? You need to get up at midnight and pray your prayer. Get up at midnight and give God his praise. Get up at midnight and give him what you owe. God moves in the midnight hour. Listen, one last thing since we talk about being ready to get married. Because I've read this scripture a lot, just like y'all. And I never noticed that she did this thing at midnight. Ruth 3 and 8. Your favorite girl. The one... She, that got Boaz. Did you know that she did a creep on him at midnight? Now listen, this wasn't a TLC creep. She wasn't doing side chick things. This was a kingdom creep. It says that at midnight, Ruth did a B&E. She broke into that man's house, went in his bedroom while he was sleeping, and she laid at his feet. Listen, you got to get in the proper position. You got to submit and surrender to your husband. Whether he's your current husband, your about-to-be husband, or the husband that's on the way. You have to be willing to surrender and submit. Listen, she surrendered in a low position to symbolize to him that she would make herself lower when he was the shepherd of her house. Listen, when he woke up, <laughs> Boaz was scared. And listen, let's make it plain and be natural. If you went to sleep last night and you know you live alone and you wake up and there's a figure at the bottom of your bed, some of us would not call on the name of Jesus. Some of us would be reaching for that one thing. Some of us would not Take the time to see, is this of God or is this not? He was afraid. And she said, hold on, it's me, Ruth. You know, girl from the field, I just want you to know I'm making myself available. Because <laughs> that's what that preacher told me. 
that if I was truly ready to be married, that I would come out of my seclusion and make myself available. Bride, have you made yourself available to your husband? Have you made yourself available to his will and his way? Have you made yourself available to the purpose that he has given you? Mm, we made ourselves available for other things, but we need to be available for God. All right, let's go. I'm getting excited up in here. Throw a heart up if this is helping you, because it helped me. Because God can move in the midnight hour. Why are you crying late in the midnight hour? Cry out to God. Say, Jesus, help me. For the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, everything is fair in love and war. God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son. And because we are kingdom kids, he'll go to war for us. We have to make ourselves available. All right. I didn't mean to take this much time, but let's look at verse number seven. Then all those virgins arose. You got to get in the right position. Position yourself to be seen, to be used, to be helped, and to be anointed by God. You got to show up at the place where he is. If God is in the sanctuary, come off of virtual and get into this sanctuary. There are things that you can experience in the sanctuary and in the presence of God. There's healing in his presence. There's joy in his presence. There is education and elevation in his presence. You got to arise. When we say get up and give us some praise, don't complain, just arise. It's time for us to arise. Arise in your community. Arise in the kingdom. Arise as a man and a woman of God. Quit laying down and sleeping on yourself. Wake up and arise. So the, the wise ones, they trim their lamps. This is why it's important for you to have the oil. When it says it trims their lamps, they prepare their lamps. If we are the light of the world, you need your oil. It is a lamp. Lamp oil. Next thing you need to add is some fire. Did you bring your oil? Okay, that's cool. But did you bring the fire as well? How can you light a, a fire with no match? How can you light a fire with no spark? How can you light a fire in a dark world and be the light of the world? You got a vessel, some oil, but no fire? That's just like that. You're not prepared. See, to prepare for your wedding, you need all of this. Not three out of five. You need all of this. Come as an empty vessel. Come bring your oil. But you got to have your fire. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I don't, I don't got a little bit more. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to hold you long. Verse number eight. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. Let me give a word to the wise. You got to be careful about who you give your oil. First of all, everybody ain't your assignment. You got to ask God, should I pour into this or is this a waste of time? Should I pour into them or are they going to exegete and exit out my life? You got 
have to ask God, should I give them this oil? Listen, it's, it's not selfish. It's self-preservation. Because that's why I started by saying, wise people, you got to have balance. You got to know when to rest and when to arise. You got to know to bring your oil and who to pour it into. Because everybody just want the oil, but they may not want your gift. They might want your oil, but they don't want what you went through to get the oil. They want your oil. They want your story. They want your glory, but they don't want the trial, the tribulation. Be careful who you give your oil to. I ain't wasting nan drop of my oil. Do you hear me? I, I ask God all the time, because I'm such a giver. And be careful, wise givers, because there's some foolish takers out here. They'll take your oil, act like it was they oil, that you never gave them a vessel, and that you never poured. Listen, be careful about who you give your oil. Verse, woo, verse number nine. <laughs> it says, but the wise answer saying, not so. Now that's Bible. Because some people like, we supposed to help everybody. The Bible says, and the wise answer, saying not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you. Go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. They can prepare just like you. When they come in the sanctuary, they came just like you. They had to drive, got grace and mercy, just like you. He woke them up with their right mind, just like you. When they came in for the meeting, you brought your vessel, you brought your oil, you brought your fire. They just brought themselves. They could have prepared just like you. Be careful Woo, who you give your oil to. Ten, and when they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Because they had not prepared, they missed the moment. Because they had not brought the oil, they missed the moment. They didn't have oil, so you know they ain't have no fire. Don't miss your moment with the master. Answer the call. When he sounds the alarm, answer his call. Don't miss your moment. Then it says, and they, still in verse 10, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Hmm. We don't want to get to the point where he shuts the door on us. When we open the doors, it's figurative, literal, and spiritual. Don't get to the point where the time has gone, where the sound has come, and you missed your moment. Be a part of the kingdom while you can, because ready or not, he's coming back. Don't miss your moment and have the door shut on you. I don't care if you think you're not worthy, if you think you're not qualified, God qualifies the unqualified. He makes innocent those of us who are guilty. He puts us in our proper position. Just answer the call and he'll give you what you need. Come here, Moses. He said, I stutter. 